Well, welcome to episode four of the Edgewood Education Podcast. This is Matt Harmless, and I'm coming to you again from my basement, my favorite place to hang out. I got a little basement office down here, um, back from Minneapolis. Um, trying to keep at it. Four episodes in a row, four weeks in a row. That's been better than I thought it would go. I hope this has been helpful to you. I really, I really do. I, that's, I mean, that's why I'm doing. It. I'm hoping that it'll be helpful as you're thinking through your week and preparing for your week. Um, that this could be a glimpse of what's coming and and could be of some some help. All right. So as I talk about this particular week's preparation, I just have to say that I've definitely been having a tough time preparing this week. Uh, there's a few reasons for this. Three three reasons I want to give. Uh, reason number one, I just always, frankly, have a tough time focusing. That's always a weak area of mine. Uh, reason number two, not just my ADD, but also because sometimes I get writer's block. It's, you know, to sit down on my computer with a piece of paper and just write that first line of sermon. I, I always find that really difficult for some reason. Um, once I'm into it, it's not that hard, but just writing that first, I, I get it now. I get writer's block. I understand how a writer could have that trouble, but, um, you know, I go through the thoughts in my head of, well, how should I introduce this? What order should I should I share what I've learned? I mean, I've been studying this stuff. How should I share it? Um, honestly, my my thoughts are less like a list in my mind and more like a web. Um, so there's all these connections, but they're not always in order. And sometimes the connections go both ways. So so I have this thought of which which to share first. What order should do I do I bring these things about? As a math teacher, I don't have this same trouble when I'm teaching math because it's 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 very logical. It's very in order. It's, I mean, just by its nature, it's sequential. And so um, I don't have that issue when I'm preparing a math lesson. But sermons aren't always like that. And I think I struggle because I want them to be. I want the truth to come to me in order, and as I'm studying, it does, doesn't do that. It's kind of a, a sporadic web of thoughts, and I have to try to sort them out. Anyway, I have a third reason uh, why I've had a tough time this week just preparing, preparing the sermon, and it's because I had a decision to make. And if you know the Harmless family at all, you know that us and decisions, well... Uh, we, we don't like making them. I, I don't know any other, other way to put it. We just don't like making decisions. I mean, it's on the line. What do we do? Which which thing is the best thing? I mean, I love being, honestly, I love being told what to do. I mean, being a boss isn't a dream of mine. I mean, let somebody else be the boss. You tell me what to do, and I'll do it. But making decisions. And the decision I had to make had... Was was primarily because there were two different topics that I was looking at for this coming Sunday. The first one was the passage that we're in in Philippians. I mean, there's there's more here. We we talked about uh, not putting confidence in the flesh this last week, and uh, you know I, I felt like that was very helpful. I believe it was. I believe it was helpful for those that came uh, to really understand what does it mean to put confidence in the flesh. Uh, There's some examples I gave, and if you haven't listened to that sermon, I would encourage you to do so. 
but there's more there there's more there to teach there, there there's a whole aspect of the flip side of putting confidence in the flesh is according to paul in this passage is knowing jesus knowing jesus it's about relationship and it, it's a great passage of scripture on understanding genuine real salvation is about knowing jesus is about a relationship and so there's so much more that i need to need to cover need to talk about i think is very important for our church you know last week i alluded to some of this but just didn't have the opportunity to dig in deep on that side of it and during our wednesday second look bible study some questions came up pertaining specifically to uh, what does it look like to know jesus what does that actually look like what does it mean and and how do we get confidence in our salvation if it's we're not putting confidence in the flesh? How can we be assured of our salvation? Well, the other topic is actually a topic that's been on my mind for about eight years, maybe nine years. I don't know. How long have I been at Edgewood? Nine, is it nine years now? Well, as long as I've been there. It's it's a topic that's that's come up in my mind on several occasions related to prayer and honestly sick people people who are dying on the deathbeds it's related to healing it's related to faith I can't tell you the number of times that I've been at a hospital bed praying for healing praying for health praying for faith and I've wanted to say more than once I just wanted God to say, Matt, just do it. Just tell him, get up, get up, wake up. I've wanted that. I've wanted to be able to say those those sorts of things, and God has not called me to do that. Uh, so this topic has been bouncing around in my head. Long story short, this is the one that I'm going with. The, the main source text I mentioned during Sunday School last week is James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Allow me to read this passage to you. It says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And here it comes. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders. That's the pastors, right? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. That's the the main text I'm going to be looking at, um, working my way through. I don't want to give away anything just yet what I've what I've learned but in the meantime let me give you one more and it's Hebrews chapter 6 Hebrews 6 the first two verses 
say, therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Okay, so now, and what he does next, the writer of Hebrews, is he, he lists off a list. There's six things here that are the elementary doctrines, the elementary teachings. Okay. Uh, he says, not laying again a foundation of, and this, this, here's this list of those elementary teachings, repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washings, uh, which could also be translated baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now think about those six elementary teachings. Repentance from dead works. Okay? Faith toward God. Good. Washings or baptisms. Okay? Laying on of hands. Hmm. Resurrection of the dead. And finally, eternal judgment. Of these elementary teachings... I think that we work and practice all of these at our church on a pretty regular structured basis, um, except for one of them, laying on of hands. This, according to the author of Hebrews, is an elementary doctrine or an elementary teaching. But once again, without giving away too much, let me just say that what I preach about this Sunday could be a real game changer for me. I know it will be for me but also for our church. Please, 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 if you can make it this week to church, if you're listening to this right now, and if there's any way that you can make it to church this Sunday, just do it. Get yourself up. Come into church. Do it. Be there. Like I said, it could be a game changer for me, for sure it is, but for you as well. Oh, Lord, I pray now that your spirit will be with me as I prepare. I pray as well for the people of Edgewood as they attend, God, that your spirit will be poured out on them in a real, tangible way. Bless us and bless our church. In the name of Jesus, amen.